Hi there. Welcome to listeners from across the globe. My name is Allison Nune, and this is Best Damn Reality, a new podcast intending to help bridge the spiritual and material worlds. Each week, I invite you to join me and to suspend all preconceived notions, to open your minds and your hearts to seeing everything from a much faster perspective. Should you be enticed enough, please also consider visiting me on my YouTube channel and on my business Facebook page, both under the name Allison Nune. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Episode 10, Love in Business. Welcome back, everybody. I'm going to jump right in because I am a tad concerned that I'm not going to have. I try to keep these all within an hour, plus or minus a few minutes to begin with here, each podcast, most certainly open to the idea and to the very uh, high likelihood that the episodes will get longer as uh, time progresses. But for these first 12, which again, are best appreciated when listened to in order, very specific set, very specific grouping, these first 12 episodes of this brand new podcast. But I do try to keep them within an hour. And this might be the episode for which I am most excited to share. And there are three very specific, at least three, if not four or five, very specific aspects of the storytelling that I want to be sure I cover today. And so I want to jump right into that. But before doing so, I feel it's important each week to sort of almost meet the energy of where last week's episode left off. Uh, Again, this is, among other things, sort of a storytelling podcast. At least storytelling is one aspect and a very important one at that of my podcast. And in many ways, it's an ongoing story of the present moment, despite the fact that what I'm sharing each week in terms of the specific stories, are almost entirely from my quote-unquote past. But the energy that is coming through me in the very real live moment each week that I record is very much a conglomerate of where I am, who I am, upon what I am placing my attention and focus in this exact day and time. And most especially since COVID times, oh, I mean, for all of us, I think it's been the case where what's representing your reality and your daily flow of living is, has been all over the place where I know for myself, it has wildly changed in the past five months, just in relation to time within that segment of COVID, it's changed wildly let alone if I compare what has comprised and made up my reality, you know, again, for all of us, if we compare it to pre-COVID times. It's 
off the charts different to what the past six years of my life have entailed, given that I traveled 15 to 20 weeks a year for work for the past six years. So I want to connect to the energy of last week through the specific of the story and summarize a few things before we get into this week. Also, I want to point out that it won't be till the end of this week's episode where I touch a little bit more on, and it won't be a long explanation, but where I explain a little bit further the title of today's episode, which is Love in Business. And if you remember from early on, I stated that all the titles of these first 12 episodes were purposely uh, created with, you know, almost where it was contradictory. The phrases and or words I was using that have served as the titles of each week are very purposely were created in the fact that they were oftentimes contradictory terms. Last week, strength in vulnerability, um, flexibility in discipline, integrity in leadership. I mean, inherently, that's not contradictory, but from my opinion, there has been no integrity in the vast majority of leadership of all the segments of our world for a very long time, and etc. So, Love in business. We'll touch upon a little bit more what that means towards the end of this week's episode. So three things I want to point out just in general from last week. One, last week's episode was very empowering for me personally. Because while I've been at this uh, for eight years in terms of the establishment of my company and going after creating the life of my dreams with a completely different foundation energetically, post-spiritual awakening. It's been, it continues to be an ongoing growth process as I find and continue to hone my own voice and living and attempting to live that with an unprecedented level of authenticity and courage. Due to my inability really an inability, but it was more guided by a lack. I don't like upsetting people. I hate pushing buttons and upsetting people. However, we are living at times where it is going to be inevitable that certain things that I share are going to be upsetting to people that listen to them. Certain, and people could totally listen one week, not be upset at all. Absolutely love everything that's coming through. But then the next week, I could share something that completely is on the other side of what a listener believes or thinks or how they perceive something. And I've said this before, I'm on everybody's team and nobody's team. So that kind of flows well to, again, speaking to why I chose contradictory terms when it made sense for my episode titles, because part of the bigger messages, there's many of them, but one of them is we are being asked and we are being called to rise above the polarization, the duality, the one side or the other, and simply be able to find that middle point where you can see, understand, and respect each endpoint as equally valid and not 
take it personally when somebody is on the other side of the spectrum from you. Okay, so for me, it's still very new to speak and allow what's supposed to come through my vessel, especially, most notably right now through this podcast, and at these very powerfully shifting times where we need more voices that are coming from the heart, speaking to love, and coming with the energy that I know is my intention. But what's new to me is to not get all tangled up when somebody receives it in a way that isn't that. If they receive it and want to battle and they think I'm judging them or think I'm, you know, trying to debate or make somebody wrong, I'm not. I'm sharing my experiences. I'm sharing my take on things based on things that, again, my experiences by virtue of them are, they're true for me. And when I share them, I am very careful when I highlight aspects of things that are generalizations, aspects that are very specific to individuals and events and circumstances, things that are based on factual things that I can verify myself, or when I'm relying on somebody else's fact checking because I've grown to trust their opinion that they are speaking the truth. Okay, so in short, just very important for me because that's a very new thing for me to do. I would just get all tangled up and feel horrible and I would take on somebody's reaction to my words as my own and I didn't yet understand, I hadn't yet matured till very recently that somebody's reaction is their business. It's not my business. My intention, I know what that is. I'm coming from love. And I'm, all I can do is ask that you trust that. I'm not coming to battle. I'm coming with the intention of rising frequencies, rising vibrations, rising to a new playing field, a new level of reality that just goes higher in the tree. And higher in the tree All it means is that it includes more. It's more inclusive. Okay, we're going to leave that summary at that point. Point number two, you have a choice. We all have a choice on what narratives and how we want to tell our stories, how we want to tell our individual stories, and how you want to tell the collective human narrative. And right now, There are a lot of narratives out there and there are very different alternative narratives contrary to what's being distributed through mainstream media. The news networks, the primary news and cable networks on network and cable television and the print newspapers that are still alive and magazines, mainstream media, very different than alternative media, and there are huge numbers of storylines even within the alternative media. You have a choice as to where you want to place your attention. And I said this at the beginning of last week, and it bears repeating because of the magnitude of importance. Reality, physical reality, what becomes Factual in 3D Earthland 
what we can observe and experience with our five senses, that is the last piece to click in. That physical reality clicks in, if you will, and becomes physical and thus shared by us in the physical dimension as a result of the collective energy that is being given to any said thing with our thoughts, with our thought energy. What you give your thought, your mind attention to, it's like you're feeding it. And the more individual humans that feed, in this case, particular storylines, the more that feed the storyline, the more likely that that particular storyline is going to manifest as the greater quote-unquote reality experienced by the mass collective. But even within the mass collective reality, we all have our individual ways of even experiencing that. Again, that's for the second tier of episodes that are coming after episode 12. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go off any further. But the general point to take away here, you have a choice. Do you want to follow the old story of us versus them? And I don't care what us or them you substitute into the various sides of any spectrum. Do you want to keep playing that story even though it's shown us time and time and time again that as long as we're battling as any us versus them, we are just going to keep repeating history? Or do you want to give your attention to a new version, a genuinely new version of the human story? You have a choice. And the story that I am going to be increasingly telling is the latter, is the new one. And I often use games and sports as one of my favorite metaphors, being that I was a former athlete, or I guess I could still call myself an athlete. I like sports metaphors. It's a new game. I'm playing a new game. And I'm going to start speaking more specifically to that new game, which is very different than the mainstream old game. And it's also the reason why these first 12 episodes have been very specifically identified to target very big general segments of the world pre-COVID, of the mainstream world pre-COVID. Okay? So you have a choice. Old way, old game, or new game. And finally, it bears mentioning as well, again, the project of mine that was introduced in episode one called Ripple 2020. Very soon, the shift of focus is going to go on this specific project. And if you remember, if you've been tuning in, the ultimate goal in the most general explanation of this project is to raise $4 million by $1 increments. In other words, to get 4 million people to buy into this idea, this co-creative experiment of energy that is Ripple 2020, to get 4 million unique citizens from across the globe to buy in for a single dollar. And as such, to be not only a witness, but a participant in the live, in-the-moment co-creation of this project.
And that is going to become the focus starting with episode 13. And I bring it up because it was titled as such, Ripple 2020. It was titled that way very purposely so that I could quote unquote market it, if you will, to in the same vein as we market an election, right? So everybody right now, you're, if, you, if you are political, if you vote, you're Trump 2020, Biden 2020. Well, Ripple 2020, and it's going to be unveiled in October, some point in October, I'm hoping earlier in the month than later for the simple fact that the election is in early November. And what I am intending, what I am inviting you to do is to be a participant and a witnesser of Ripple 2020 as if it was also a candidate. Only here's the big difference. You get to choose Ripple 2020 and still play the mainstream game and choose Biden or Trump or nobody if you don't participate. Instead of this side or this side, instead of I'm choosing this but not that, this is an idea that's represented by an and. It's an and. You get to, if you want, be part of and support the Ripple 2020 campaign Ripple 2020 as a candidate, if you will, for our world going forward, you can support it and you can support one of the regular candidates. Okay. So those are the three points that I want to make. Not going to go off any further on any of them here. Okay. Let's jump in to the story time. Oh my goodness. I just don't even, there are so many pieces that are going to get woven into um, in today's story. And the overriding figure is a person, a, a man that I have known since elementary school. And his name is Christian Habel. Now, I don't, I don't share many names at all. Maybe I will share the first name of somebody, but I will never share the first and last name unless I have permission, or in this case, unless they're already big public figures. Christian is like the Michael Jordan of violin players. Among other things, he is the lead violinist or has been the lead violinist and traveled the world with Josh Groban. He has traveled with the likes of Barbara Streisand, Billy Joel, Elton John. He has written for and performed on Broadway. And he has played on tons of musical scores that have been Grammy, Grammy award-winning musical scores for which he's been a violinist and a, and a part of their musical team for films and for other projects out there in the Hollywood world. So we're talking, obviously he's not a name as recognizable as Josh Groban or Billy Joel, but he is equally as powerful in his ability and in his, uh, the level of success that he has experienced as a violin player. And I have known Christian since we were in fifth grade. Well, third grade. I met him in third grade. But I just, in fifth grade, at the elementary school that we went to, we both were the ones that always performed at talent shows. Uh, he was the violin player and I was the pianist. 
And we also starred together in a little school play called Shaping Up Santa. I played Mrs. Claus and he played Santa. And then we went to middle school. And in sixth grade, he was one of, I had quite a few boyfriends in sixth grade, actually. And he was one of my boyfriends in sixth grade. And we played in band together and we, we played in jazz band together. Again, him on the violin and me on the piano. I played piano from first through eighth grade, but in high school, I had to make the choice. Was it going to be sports or was it going to be music? And to be honest with you, once I started playing school sports in seventh grade, it was a music didn't have a shot at that time in my life. Interestingly, now looking back, I don't want to say I, I wished I chose music. I just, I wish I could have done mo. I wish there was some way that I would have been guided and able to do both. But Christian was spectacular from the time he was a kid. In fifth grade is when I remember all of us that observed that young kid. He's only, what are you in fifth grade, 10 years old, 11? He played that violin and moved his body. You knew, you knew that he was going to quote unquote, make it. Okay. So I also took German with Christian, but in high school, our paths would diverge quite a bit. High school, when I was there, there were two high schools that shared the same campus. So there were approximately, oh gosh, there were close to 5,000 students on our high school campus. And the only thing that separated us were our sports teams. Marching band was together. The acting folks were all together. The plays and things were done together. Um, We went to school in or classes in both schools. So it was like more like a small college campus than a high school campus. So really, you could have been best friends with somebody in eighth grade. And as soon as you went to the park, all bets were off in terms of how close you were going to be. To what degree, you know, you, there were three German classes, German of all languages, but I was in Christian's, at least his German three class, but I don't think we shared any other German classes after that because there was a German teacher at each school. And I bring that up only because this is a little sidebar and I don't want to go off too much on a tangent. In fact, you know what? I'm not going to, apologies. I'm not going to go off on this tangent today, but there was another middle school connection, communication that came from an old friend from middle school days that came to me just yesterday, profoundly affected me in, in the most positive of ways. And interestingly, this person's experience in recollecting his middle school years, completely opposite of mine. I have nothing but fantastic, amazing memories from seventh and eighth grade. Um, and so as such, remembering this particular friend, Christian is really just filled with joy for so many reasons, least of which because it represented arguably a, a segment of time that was one of the best of this life, my seventh and eighth grade years. Okay. So high school, I really kind of separate from Christian really didn't stay close to him throughout high school. And then of course I went to college in Florida. He, I think he went to Michigan state as an undergraduate. So definitely lost touch. All right. So fast forward 2009, 
I was late to Facebook. I'm usually late to most things technology, uh, you know, related. I'm not a big fan of technology. I am a person to person, human to human, deep connection person and technology. While I love the platforms of the internet and YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and how it's allowing me to share something that theoretically can reach out to the world. It's not something that I gravitate to. So I was late to Facebook. But Christian had been a Facebook friend, okay? So he was a Facebook friend. He was one of the early ones, I would say, in 2009. Certainly by 2010, which is my year of healing when I went to Michigan, the year that my spiritual awakening took place, what I call my point of no return, took place November 18th, 2010. Two and a half weeks later, I was going to visit a very close, another middle school friend who also knows Christian. Christian knows this gentleman. He was moving to New Jersey to work for a restaurant and to manage a ton of their facilities out of the New York region. So he was moving to New Jersey and I was going to visit him. And I was also going to visit a married couple friends of mine. This is a side note, referring back to previous episodes. This is the married couple friend where the husband is a secret service agent and he was part of episode four, I think it was, called All is Valid when I talked about my experience with Donald Trump on one of my race courses with that I was working. And this particular friend had recently been assigned to Donald Trump's transportation unit as a secret service agent. He is the husband and the wife is a member of the Kosovo Society, the group I spoke about in last week's episode. This was the married couple that I was going to go visit in downtown Manhattan in New York while I was there in New Jersey visiting my long friend from middle school. Okay? So I go in and I point that out because it's not a coincidence. All of these connecting points. So I go. This is... November 30th is when I arrived, November 30th, November 29th, Sunday night is when I arrived in New Jersey and my awakening was November 18th. So I'm like less than two weeks out of this, like, cannot describe with words. It's why I call it the point of no return because it was a distinct popping point, life changing shifted timelines of my own life on November 18th. Once and for all, I was now pursuing a very different reality for myself. And now I'm fresh out of this and I'm in New York City. Okay. So I go down and I see this married couple and among other things in my short visit, the wife and I went to go see a Broadway show. Now she, there were, it was a Sunday and I think we ended up going and we knew that we were going to make the decision there because there was something like discounted tickets or something on Sunday nights. So she didn't have tickets ahead of time and we were going to make the decision kind of live and in the moment. 
For me, performing arts has been one of the things I adore in my life. I love going to plays. My ex-husband and I, it was one of the only things that we both shared a passion for. I loved, I went to every single performing arts show that came through the Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center for seven years before he and I got divorced. I love the performing arts and I had never even been to an actual Broadway show. So when I couldn't care less which one we chose, any single thing we chose was going to be fantastic for me, no matter how quote unquote good it was or not, the experience in and of itself, just being there, I was, I was in heaven. So we ended up choosing this show called Next to Normal. And without going into great detail, it was heavy, deep, awesome, but a very deep story. And there were only seven cast members. And I remember, I mean, just loving it despite, I mean, it was heavy. The husband and wife, their relationship was being extremely tried because not to be a spoiler alert here, but spoiler alert, the the son had died. And so they were dealing with the death of a child and, you know, the, I mean, just a very heavy show. However, it was fantastic. And I remember learning in intermission. I always read, like I don't usually read the programs much beforehand. I don't know why, but at intermission, you just have a different appreciation for it when you already start watching the talent. And I open up the Broadway pamphlet, the playlist, and I look, and it turns out that the husband and wife, the actors playing the husband and wife, are actually married in real life, which to me made their performance that much more powerful in the second act. Like so powerful that this real life husband and wife were playing and acting out this particularly challenging story of what the husband and wife were going through and handling. So fantastic experience, albeit a heavy play. Okay. Now fast forward. So that was like December 5th. 8th, something around like December 8th-ish is when that happened. Whatever that Sunday was, December 7th maybe of 2010. Fast forward to August 2011, okay? So now I'm in Seattle, never intending to ever move back to Florida, loved Seattle. I arrived in Seattle on Tuesday, June 29th or whatever the date was, June 29th, 2011 is when I arrived in Seattle and I was staying with the, my childhood, another middle school friend, staying with my middle school best friend at her home until I got my own apartment or place to live with one of my second cousins. So we had moved into our place. I was living with the family for the whole month of July and we moved in and started renting August 1st. So during that first week, I didn't even have a bed yet is how specifically I remember this. I'm going through on Facebook and I see that Christian had posted that he had just been home for a show. He had just been back in Michigan and I didn't read the specifics. I didn't really, I didn't know, like I knew he was a successful musician. I knew that much, but I did not know the, at this point, the extent to which he was quote unquote successful. 
So I see that he had just been back in Michigan and my thought immediately went to, damn it, you know, like I was just in Michigan six months ago. I wish I would have crossed paths. It would have been phenomenal to see him perform as an adult because I hadn't seen him perform since high school plays. So I write him a Facebook message and I said, hey, how's it going? Listen, I just saw that you posted in Michigan. I'm so sorry I missed you. I happened to be home for the first time since high school for 10 months and it just sucks that I missed you, but I just moved to Seattle. So let me know if you're ever in this area. And I'm thinking, you know, if he's performing in a quartet or something, like I had no idea what, how big he was. So he writes back almost instantly and he says, Hey, guess what? Key arena, August 25th, Seattle. I'm, I'm going to be in Key Arena, Seattle, August 25th. And I'm like, what? Like, what are the chances? Like, in like three weeks? So I pop on. I didn't, I was so new to Seattle that I didn't even know. I mean, judging by its name, I guessed that Key Arena was a big facility. But I didn't, I didn't even, wasn't even familiar with how big or who played there because it had been years since they had a basketball team out there. The Supersonics hadn't been there for years. So I quickly look up. Key Arena, August, whatever the date was, I think it was August 25th, 2011, and I see it's Josh Groban, and I'm like, and I knew who Josh Groban was simply because he, he kind of made his breakthrough when he was on Ally McBeal, and Ally McBeal was one of many, you know, sitcoms shows that I liked in my younger days, so I knew who Josh Groban was. I knew how big Josh Groban was. And then I went back on Christian's Facebook page and I click on a photo album and I had looked at the photo album before and the name of the photo album was Team Groban. But I never, like, it was lost on me. I didn't put two and two together. So then I go back and I'm like, holy shit. He not only did, he made it mega big. So I'm like, just so stoked. And like I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get this. Like, watch this guy live his dream. Like, I am stoked beyond stoked. And then I continue to look at his photos now with a whole new, like, now I've put the whole picture together. And lo and behold, I see a photo of him performing in a band with the guy who played the husband in the next to normal play that I had seen on Broadway just less than a year before. He knows the guy. I'm like, what? What are the chances of that? Out of all the Broadway shows we saw, we didn't decide till that night. I didn't have any preconceived, like I didn't know anything about any of the shows. I was all in for whatever my friend chose. And I see that Christian plays in a side band with this guy. And I'm like, oh my God. So I immediately write him. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. Like I just saw Next to Normal. I saw this guy. I loved he and his wife. And then it gets even more astounding. Christian informs me that not only does he know the husband and wife, but the husband and wife had actually performed at his marriage, his first marriage, which was to a a fellow Broadway star. They had performed and I'm like, oh, you know, like just floored. Again, I will say that it was not lost on me. The walloping synchronicity I knew right then it was like I was dancing with spirit. I was dancing with God because it was just that unreal. 
So now he got us some tickets and I think, I think four tickets or, or basically he put out on Facebook, Hey, anybody that knows me from my past, let me know. I'll get you tickets. So it turns out that I asked my childhood best friend with whom I had lived that first month plus in Seattle. So she was going to go. I was going a new friend that I had just met who I recently learned loved Josh Groban. I asked her if she wanted to go. And then a fourth person, another female that we knew from middle school went and I hadn't, I just had reconnected with her in Seattle. I hadn't seen her in 20 years. So we all go this particular night and he came up into the stands right before the show started. And you know, it, 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 and then when the show started, so he comes in the stands, we of course have fantastic seats and the guy next to us, the people next to us, like see that this guy's in the stands talking to this, but they, they don't put it all together yet. And he just makes sure that we're okay. And he tells us where to meet him after the show to go backstage. So the show opens and who opens it, but Christian on his violin on all the screens in front of 25,000 plus and the got you know the people sitting next to us are like oh my goodness you know him and we're like and we just were just glowing because we all sat there and we all had collectively remembered we knew he was going to make it big and i don't i know for a fact that me and the one girl, we were like on cloud nine for days as we just reveled in this. It was just, it was like feeling somebody's dream come true. Now, granted, his dream had long been true. He had been longly success, you know, successful for many years by this time, many years. But for me, it was my first time of kind of sharing this with somebody that meant a lot to me all the way back in my life, I, it, I have no words for how spectacular it was. Then we go backstage after the show, and the show just like blows me away. I mean, it's just the entire thing was definitely one of the top experiences of this life, if only because, like I said, I love experiencing people with dreams coming true. Small ones, big ones, any size. I want to make a life of that because it's unending having dreams and making them come true. So we go backstage and there, I mean, it's like, it reminds me of Iron Man world because they're breaking down and they're going to hit the road for their next show within like an hour and a half. So we go out where their buses are and he takes us on, on the bus and shows us, you know, where they sleep and how they travel. And Josh has got his own bus and saw Josh's dog, you know, in the bus. Cause if you know Josh Groban at all, his dog travels with him. And among other things, we actually all shared a common memory from the same teacher from eighth grade year at Central Middle School in Plymouth, Michigan. And we all shared a story about Fred Chrissy. And we, we all had the same memory of this same story from the same teacher in middle school. It was, again, I just think such a testament to the power that teachers and coaches have on young students' lives. I, I just... And I won't go off on the details of that story right now, but it was distinctly part of that night, a big thing that I remember because he remembered it. And, and it's actually important to remember the aspect that we were all aligned on. Mr. Chrissy had shared with us 
that he had tried all sorts of things. He played semi-professional baseball. And so he, he was, you know, he had done all sorts of things before he decided upon a career as a teacher. He was a carpenter. He was a semi-pro baseball player. He had multiple jobs in his 20s. And we all remembered him making that point very clearly to us as eighth graders as we approached quickly the next stage of when, you know, you're going to be out on your own, quote unquote, on your own in the real world in just four or five years here. And, and that insight was not something I know what that was ever repeated to me. If anything, from high school on, it was drilled in us almost that you there was something wrong with you if you didn't know what you wanted to do, you know, what you were going to major in and what you wanted to do. And that, God, the approach to living in a profession, none of that ever made sense to me. And clearly, it didn't make sense to anybody else that had also had Mr. Christie as a teacher because we all aligned and remembered that story. So super powerful part of that evening. Then um, I'm trying to think that night we went out, we went out to dinner that night. So they didn't leave right away because we, we went out to dinner. I'm trying to think, was he, I can't remember the details, but we went out to dinner and we met Christian's girlfriend at the time who I didn't recognize her, but apparently she's, she currently stars on a show called Lucifer and she was on a show called Suits at the time. So everybody else there recognized her. I didn't know, but he had said, Hey, my, if my girlfriend's able to make it tonight, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be going off on the bus or maybe he was flying out, but we ended up going out to dinner. And so I didn't really catch up with Christian much there. He was understandably so focused on being able to share time with his girlfriend because I'm sure their schedules didn't align all that often. And I just remember being at dinner and just, again, being in heaven with my fellow middle school friends that were there enjoying you know, just sharing this experience with him and being so grateful that he allowed us to share and get that close to this particular experience. Okay, now, last point. That is something that I'm hoping he remembers, but he probably, my guess is he doesn't remember, and it's not really important if he remembers or not, but I want to conclude with this little tidbit conclude the sharing and storytellings and synchronicities and connections and foretellings of things. Okay, this last segment connects Christian to my work specifically. And it segues very nicely and perfectly into explaining and allowing this to serve as a further explanation to the title of today's show, Love in Business, and it's also going to afford me an opportunity. What I have not done yet with the podcast is I haven't yet introduced any piece of my work prior to the podcast to sort of show and demonstrate not only for how long I've been singing this different tune, but also to serve as an example of intuition that comes through, that has come through me, an intuition, something that I only felt, can't point to, can't explain it, can't prove it, just something that came through that I felt and knew that it was going to be at some point down the line 
manifested into physical reality. But this is one of the early examples of recognizing when I would, it's almost like I would get a glimpse of my own future. But in the early days, I had way less of an understanding of how long it was going to take for the physical manifestation of any one intuition to come to fruition. So on January 9th, 2013, I wrote a blog post. And as a gentle reminder here, or, or it's not really a, a reminder, I haven't spoken too much about my company other than to say that it did begin with me writing. I knew I wanted to make a life, a work of my dreams was essentially going to be work that I enjoyed doing, that I was challenged by, that I enjoyed doing, and that I wanted to love my work. That is what made sense to me. And thus far in my life, I had not yet even come close as an adult to finding work that I loved. And what I believed at this point in my life, at the launching of my company, was that I, the reason I hadn't experienced it, because I was intended to build it from scratch. And I had to start with things that I knew I could do and contribute to the world right then and there. Because I have ideas out the wazoo. I've got project ideas. I've got enough project ideas right now to last me the rest of my life. But what I needed to start with was what could I do at that time of the launching of my company, the end of 2012, legally it would be official in Florida as of January 1st, 2013, what could I do right then and there? I knew I had an above average ability to write and to speak. So that is how I started my company with a daily, almost daily written blog from November 30th, 2012 till the early part of March. That is what launched the company. And on January 9th, 2013, I composed an entry that drew the attention of Christian. And it not only got him to take the extra little second to like it on Facebook, but he actually took the time to write a comment. And I kid you not, I remember exactly where I was with whom I, I read this. It was with one person who was very close to the launching, to me at the launching of the company of my, of me. She was my original web person. I know that she didn't really understand why I was reacting the way that I did, but I literally remember falling to my knees, like, like. I knew that somehow, some way, Christian commenting and being connected to what I was expressing in that written blog post, that somehow that meant something big in my world of work. Now, little did I know that it would be seven plus years down the line of what it could potentially and still I don't know what it means, but here is what I believe. When I share with him and remind him, because unfortunately, probably because my website has, you know, it's, it, it's way outdated. So when I look at that entry today, it shows the total number of likes that 
I got originally, but it does not show the specifics and it doesn't show the comments that were left. Now I'm going to talk with my present web girl, web woman, and see if we can, if there's any way to recover the specific comment that he shared. But again, that's not really that important. The piece that I just want to highlight before I read that entry all the way through is that somehow, some way I could feel intuitively that that was going to mean something down the line. The fact that he resonated and was connecting with what I was expressing. Because I would argue right now, present day, September 4th, 2020, the launching of Ripple 2020 is more or less can be seen as synonymous with this business plan of which I wrote way back in 2013. Okay, so without trying to confuse everybody more, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to actually read this blog post. Okay, so it's called, again, The Most Unique Business Plan Unveiled. Written and posted on my website, yourenergyscout.com, on January 9th, 2013. Okay, I begin by quoting the, the previous blog entry, which was titled, Leaving Poverty Consciousness Behind. So this is, this is the entry. In Leaving Poverty Consciousness Behind, I concluded with a pretty profound, far-reaching claim, stating that I believe I can teach any individual how to best pursue their full potential as a human being. More specifically, that I can teach you how to maximize your energetic efficiency by way of your thoughts. Of course, this is with the assumption that the student possesses the honest desire, the willingness to listen, and the readiness to do the work. No small assumption, I assure you. And how about the manner in which one will assess whether or not these prerequisites have been met? It's all about the energy. Rather than being objective assessments, however, these reads on and between people are going to be much more subjective. We have entered an entirely new level of interacting with one another. There are at least two very distinctly different games of life being played out in the world. The mainstream game of the present with its emotional base of fear and its belief foundation being one of limitations and the new emerging game that will be the mainstream game of the future. This new game has love as its emotional base and its foundational beliefs center around abundance and cooperation. Players in this new game understand that we get to co-create this new earth reality. Again, statistically, there are still very few players actually playing in this new game. But the reason is not because they aren't hearing the call. And it isn't because they aren't capable of playing the game either. It is because they are still afraid to heed the call. It's like when the guys first learned of the Field of Dreams that Ray Kinsella built. 
And I'm talking about the dead baseball players, not the living humans that eventually came to visit his Iowa field. The word spread and more and more wanted to come play. The word is going to spread about this new game very, very quickly as a result of my company and everyone is going to want to play. I am ready to teach anyone and everyone who is interested and prepared to learn how to play, no matter where at present they are in their life. I'll meet you anywhere in the river and help you turn your boat downstream. It doesn't matter how far up you've gone or for how long you've been paddling upstream. Once you begin traveling again with the flow, you will be amazed by life's beauty and inspired to be more than you've ever been. Exactly like the character of Ray Kinsella from Field of Dreams, I am only heeding the call that will not stop beckoning me. And seeing how I've never been happier, I've never experienced so many of my dreams coming to fruition in such a short period of time, and seeing as I am indeed a ridiculously capable woman, how can I ignore the fact that this actually makes perfect sense? As my life has continued to get more and more incredible, the voice has come more frequently with a tone that is stronger and words that grow clearer every day. Additionally, there have been choirs recently assembling around me, tons of voices that are now part of the call. I will say again, this is much, much greater than me. Then I look at my life my skills, my talents, my education, my intellect, my personality, my ability to communicate, my energy, my connections, my experiences, my adaptability, my creativity, my friends, my family, my immense capacity for love, and my 100% honest-to-goodness 30-year dream of changing the world. And I've done what I can only logically do at this point. I have accepted that the answer to whether or not I heed this call is undeniable. I cannot ignore it. Not this time. I ignored it as a kid because I didn't know any better and neither did anyone else in my life. I ignored it as an adult because I had no belief of self-worth. None. Anytime I came remotely close to what my capabilities would have allowed me to achieve had I been able to escape my negative, self-defeating thoughts of never being good enough, I flipped out in one way or another and I ran, literally and figuratively. But now I know better. I have been tested and I am ready. I have literally prepared my entire life for this moment. This is the unveiling of a business plan unlike anything you have ever seen. A business plan for a company that is based in the new paradigm, but that will consciously be playing in both games of life on earth right now. The awareness of and ability to play in both games is beyond any economic value you can possibly fathom. How much so? We shall see in the next six months. 
Back to the fact that mainstream game and new emerging game are the two games I am identifying as both being played right now in 2013. There are people around you 100% aware of this universal fact, and there are people around you who are 100% unaware of this fact. And there are people at every place in between each of these extremes. Chances are, given the statistics, you have no idea what I am talking about at a conscious level. And even in the remote chance that you are aware at some level consciously, Chances are, based on human behavior, the majority of you are never going to admit this. Not yet, anyhow. Why? For fear of what others will think. We fear what we don't understand, and many of you don't understand what I am doing quite yet. It is completely okay. And if you are feeling this, I felt it about myself for 35 years. I didn't understand myself until my healing time in Michigan. And I was absolutely living my life in fear of that lack of understanding. You will most certainly not be the first one to not understand me. I can handle however you may I can handle however you may feel as a result of what I am saying. What you feel is what you feel, and you never have to apologize for your feelings. Never. So no worries there. However, If any of this has been resonating with you at any level, get ready. This is very early in the game, and I'm assembling my A-team. My dream team is already set. You will meet them via their talents, skills, personalities, and experiences in just a few posts. But I'm ready for the next batch of projects to begin early development. I'm recruiting my next team and their respective coaching staffs. Keep reading, for you will know when and how it is time for us to connect. Now, back to the majority of my readers, who by this time may have already clicked away. The majority of you are probably a bit lost, confused, uninterested perhaps, yet definitely intrigued. You should be. This is the best game out there. There is no doubt This game calls for your best and rewards the best of every part of you, not just the work part of you. This new game values new things, tons of new things. It takes everything into consideration, not just the limited factors of our present economic and societal models. Anything and everything you value is going to be of worth, and you get to decide it for yourself. It will challenge you like nothing in your life has challenged you thus far. Please try to stay with me. Please. Very soon, I will have visible proof for you folks for whom the words aren't yet resonating. You will be able to see what I mean very soon. There is something in this process for you to be a fan of, too. It is coming in the upcoming blogs. We are all meant to come together now, all of us, with all of our uniqueness and with the belief that we all have different value. Not better, not worse, just different value. In this new game, we have the opportunities to create new combinations of those who work together on projects. We have the chance to do things in entirely new ways. We have the advantage of technology and great wisdom present on this planet. 
And we have the benefit of being able to learn from billions of unique life stories. We can escape our bubbles and learn to trust again. It really, really doesn't have to be painful or scary or annoying or upsetting. It may be those things at first because you were following belief patterns that don't make you happy. But until now, you didn't know any better, just like I didn't know any better. But once you do, once you understand your immense power at making yourself happy, you realize that you can learn how to make different belief patterns your new habits. Belief patterns that will ensure your growth, happiness, and fulfillment. Belief patterns that remove any and all limits from your present reality, allowing you to achieve in your world like you never could dream. Achieve in the way that is 100% unique to you while working with others who are doing the exact thing for themselves. I guarantee you, this is a game you are going to want to learn more about, if nothing else. This new game isn't about ego or about being better or about being perfect anymore. It is about recognizing your true power by following your heart. If you have enjoyed tremendous success in this mainstream world, this new game is going to be threatening to you. Feel that because it is a very real feeling. But allow yourself to explore why you feel that way. The world in which you have achieved success has steered you very far away from your own guidance system. Hell, for everyone, whether you've achieved material success or not. This present paradigm has trained everyone away from their own abilities to know how to trust themselves. Therefore, it may be terrifying to even contemplate the sort of change of which I talk. But trust me, until I can help guide you back to being able to trust yourself, trust me. Rather, trust my energy. There are infinite ways to begin to allow yourself to get familiar with this new game. And for now, just remember, it is all about the energy. The unique energy that each of us possesses. This is just the beginning. And I promise that the posts are only going to get more exciting from here on out as I reveal all that is already in progress with my dream team. I invite you to stay tuned. I don't think you will regret the decision to become an early fan. To be continued. That was what I wrote on January 9th, 2013. Those words could not be more appropriate to write now, September 4th, 2020. Christian Habel liked that post. And he commented, and I plan to remind him of that as I ask him, prepare to ask him in the very near future to be willing to spread Ripple 2020 throughout his personal network. And without sharing any more this week, I think that is a perfect way to conclude. And in case it bears pointing out again, I wrote that seven and a half years ago. There was a reason it took seven years 
for my work to begin to get to a point such as this, the podcast, where I have a way to start sharing what I have seen and known was going to become a physical reality. I was ready. Well, I thought I was ready. As it turned out, I wasn't. But more importantly, the world wasn't yet ready for the action that I was ready to take with these very different underlying foundations. Now, with the advent of this virus and a massive global shift taking place, there is not a doubt within me that we are about to play this new game at an unprecedented level. And as I mentioned earlier in this episode, you each have a choice. You have a choice. And soon Ripple will be set up for your dollar to show that choice in the easiest way. Give a dollar, spread the word, and watch. I absolutely guarantee you will want your dollar and your energy to be a part of what lies just ahead. Welcome to the new earth. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.